0: On today's NFL Draft Day edition of the Grind Hours podcast, it's brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, music fans, comedy fans, fans of live sporting or live events, period. SeatGeek is back live. They're putting out codes and my code GrindHour will get you $20 off your first purchase. So use it, get in the building, and Start to get back to normal. One thing with these tickets, you do need to abide by all COVID restrictions. But one more time, Grind Hour is the code. Use it at checkout at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets.
1: You're listening to the Grind Hours podcast. At the wall. See ya. See ya.
0: This is an all-hours operation on the morning of draft day. I feel like we're Kevin Costner in the movie draft day, uh, getting the last second preparations going. I got the Grindhauer's Hall of Famer on the line, and Whoa. Uh, Nick, we're on two different vibes right now. I'm chugging a G Fuel and sipping uh, some chamomile tea just to stay awake, but not too awake for this podcast. You just mm-hmm. got home from work, Chuck, and you're <laughs> sipping on a beer. So I am. Um, it's kind of we're kind of like uh, the quarterbacks in this draft. You're, you're kind of like Trey Lance and uh, and Mac Jones, and I'm kind of like Justin Fields. My stock's you going know, down. Your stock's going up. I don't think I could put it a better way. Speaking of those Especially
2: since it Especially since it looks like Mac Jones downs like at least 10 of these in a regular <laughs> sitting.
0: Yeah he'd be an interesting uh frat party guy some Saturday mm-hmm. some Saturday afternoons when he's not quarterbacking the Crimson mm-hmm. Tide which he can have the opportunity to do now so um Although you're sipping a Michelob Ultra that's a podcast for another day and a conversation for another, another day. That, <laughs> the trash.
2: Listen, you know, it gets the job done.
0: <laughs> Getting to the quarterbacks and jumping off the blocks here. Um, mm-hmm. One and two pretty much set, even though I don't like Zach Wilson at two. I'd rather go Justin Fields. I've said my piece on that. Mm-hmm. It's set in stone. Lawrence won wilson to the chatter though has been mac jones at three for me as a casual college football fan who watches enough to understand what's going on around this time of year i don't see how mac jones answers the problems that san francisco needs
2: I don't either. And this is like one of the, this is one of the strangest things about the the whole draft process is not the elevation of Mac Jones as a prospect, because you remember, I've liked Mac Jones for a while. I mean, yeah. and he's, he's better perform. He, he, he performed on the big stage, obviously national champion Heisman finalist. He said, you could argue about he had a, a crazy amount of talent around him and, Devonte Smith, the Heisman winner, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, all these guys. But you know, this his the stats speak for himself. Even with that, he set like the all time completion percentage record for quarterbacks. He was throwing for five hundred yards seemingly every game. I mean, the guy is absolutely a stud. He might be built like Butterbean, <laughs> but he plays like he plays like a a, a young stud, and um. But the shocking thing is not that he rose as a prospect, because I always kind of thought that he would. I always felt like teams were sleeping on him. But what's shocking to me is that he's elevated above Justin Fields. I mean, this doesn't make sense to me. This, this whole narrative that Justin Fields is somehow a bad quarterback or that he's inconsistent or that he, he can't throw as well. This is just nonsense. I mean, we saw him against the Clemson defense. He tore them apart. With a broken rib, he tore them apart. Yeah.
0: And then, I mean, he – and he was a game or two against Alabama. He didn't sit out the national championship game because it was going to hurt his draft stock or potentially hurt him even more physically because he was still dealing with that broken rib in the national championship game. Two things. 100%. First thing with Fields, to me, this is the black quarterback stigma all over again. This is, he can't throw, he's just a runner, he's inconsistent, he can't play up at the next level, same thing you were hearing with Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago, and same thing you've heard with every single black quarterback who can run since the dawn of time. That's why I think Fields is falling to me, because- you know it- it's sad because
2: no, it we should be over this as a society. But you're—I think you're absolutely right.
0: He hasn't said a word. If he said the—if the SI piece came out about uh, him instead of Trevor Lawrence, which I just got done reading the whole piece on Trevor Lawrence today, because mm-hmm. uh, I finally got around to, to reading that issue of, of SI. Mm-hmm. If that stuff came out about him, yeah, death sentence, he's going in the third round. He hasn't said a peep. There's been no Instagram picture of him out partying. Nothing. Absolutely zero. And yet his draft stock is falling. Doesn't make any sense to me. This dude looks like a gamer. He's got the tape to prove it. He's got the heart to prove it. And... I think it, you would be silly not to take him at two or three or wherever, whatever team needs a quarterback, take this guy. Exactly. You're just going to add to the bulletin board material. And when this guy is a four time Pro Bowler in a couple of years, we're all going to be looking back like we were looking, like we look back on Lamar Jackson saying, How did this guy not go first? No, I, I 100% agree
2: with you. I think. I think Justin Fields is being severely undervalued throughout this whole process. And it's, it's shot. He had, like, he had one bad game last year. Let's put this into perspective. He had one bad game last year and it was against Indiana and he got better as that game went on. They started out kind of hot. He, they, Ohio state was a little sluggish. He wasn't making the throws in the second half. He adapted and he overcame and he brought them back to get the win. So
0: yeah. yeah, the uh, the other thing uh, with Mac Jones, I don't see how it solves the problem because for San Francisco, because they have Jimmy G on the roster. Mac Jones and Jimmy G are basically carbon copies of themselves. And if you hear anything about uh, about the the press clippings and sound bites from Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G is not going to be on the roster come Sunday. Right. You saw the
2: thing the other day where he said, I can't promise anyone will be alive Sunday. Right.
0: Which (laughs) I mean, you don't have to be you don't have to be that good at reading tea leaves to understand that that means he's getting traded within 24 hours of recording this. And it's 1 a.m. Eastern time on draft day. So he's got, but I wouldn't be shocked if it
2: happens by the time we wake up tomorrow. We hear about Jimmy Garoppolo as a cowboy or a a Washington football team or a Patriot again or wherever the hell. I
0: think he's gonna, it's gonna happen on draft day. I don't, I I think it's gonna be them crawling back into the first round. He's gonna be a big part of that deal. I don't know who's gonna trade down at the end of that, uh, at the end of the first round. But that's the type of move that you hear late, late tonight, late Thursday night, that Jimmy G is now a member of, you know, X team, Miami, whoever. Right. So, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't understand how you can go from one guy who's not really great mobility wise, has a good arm, can run an offense to another guy who's slightly younger it's like the the daniel jones with eli thing except daniel jones was 20 years younger than eli manning
2: precisely
0: so really quickly uh before we get to break here what's your opinion on trey lance because i i'm out sorry
2: I. I just don't think there's enough film. I think the the record of him setting the most passes without an incompletion is pretty impressive. I mean, he obviously, North Dakota State is not like one of the, these fugazi lower division schools. It's a real school where they play real football. So I think Trey Lance is going to be all right, but I don't see how he matches up with the big four in this draft. I think it's I, I think it's a clear one, two, three, four with uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and then Trey Lance is number five in a separate. Like they're the A tier, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the B tier, and then everybody else in the prospect, whether that's uh, prospect pool, whether that's Kellen Mond out of A and M, whether that's. Uh, the kid from Mississippi state. I think that's all the C tier, but I don't think, I think Trey Lance is better than all of those guys. I think he probably still will go in the first round. If there's a team that needs a quarterback later on, like maybe Washington or the Patriots or one of those teams, but I don't think he matches up with any of the top four
0: this year. That was my second question that you were going to an- that you just answered. Do you see him going outside? or Do you see him going to the second round? which I think of all the guys that could potentially fall to the second round, I think he's that guy, um, mm-hmm. which is crazy because there was a two week period where we thought he was going to be the third overall pick. Um, right. So I don't think there's anybody
2: that can any of, I don't think any of the top four can fall to the second round. I saw like this, I think it was Chris Sims' mock draft. He had just oh, it was
0: atrocious
2: and, I mean, that was just ludicrous. That's not going to happen. But Trey Lance going 32nd, I could see that happening.
0: It, it was clickbait, and he got what he wanted because he's Chris Sims. Yes. <laughs> On that note, um, something that's not clickbait, we're going to take a quick break back after this.
1: Hey kids, are those ancient records getting tiring in these troubled times? Finally time to get your ass off the couch and make something of yourself? Well, of course not, because there's yet another podcast you'll be recommended and not actually listened to. Put on your fun hats, we're on our way. You're damn right. All jokes aside, if you're a fan of the Grind Hours podcast with Joe Leo, you'll be right at home here. Want to know that the Ford Bronco is back?
2: Guys, the Ford Bronco is back.
1: Indeed, the Ford Bronco is back. Alongside those pressing news snippets, you'll get complaints about the Wilpons, Bobby Vanilla, and the New York Mets as well as riveting life advice from the resident love Swami Nicholas J. parodies
2: I saw condoms in my son's plastic bag when we arrived at the house. Two packs with 36 each. Jesus Christ, dude.
1: Subscribe at your local podcast depository, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. New episodes are posted weekly every Friday. For our weekly advice segment, please send us a message over at anchor.fm slash children's programming pod. We always look forward to hearing from you.
0: All right, in the first half, we went over the quarterbacks of this draft to finish out the mock 4.0. I think it's 4.0. 3.0, 4.0 of draft day. It is draft, or, or of the NFL draft. It is draft day. Nick, when we went on the first mock draft, when we first talked about what could potentially happen, probably like a month and a half ago, uh, I did promise you to, that you'd come back and give your Giants pick. So at 11, the New York Giants are on the clock. Who do you want to take and who do you think the Giants will take? Um, My dream scenario
2: from, which you remember from the original mock draft is that Kyle Pitts goes at 11.
0: Not but gonna happen, sorry, that's a pie dream.
2: Not gonna happen. We've heard nothing but buzz about this guy for the past month since that original podcast came out. I mean, he's jumped up. I've, I've seen people take, I've seen the Falcons taking him at four. I've seen the Cardinals trading up to take him at four. He's not lasting until 11, but let's not make no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I think there's two ways that the Giants could go here at number 11. And what I want them to do is uh, it, it, it might surprise you because I think the flashy pick is what they're actually going to do but the safe pick is what i want them to do and what i think what i want them to do is take Rashawn slater out of notre dame
0: if he's there
2: Notre dame excuse me northwestern i feel like this guy has slipped under the radar a little bit people are kind of forgetting about how good he is at the offensive line positions and he's an absolute beast i mean the tape speaks for itself he was almost single-handedly uh, the, the reason that they were able to get to the uh, Big 10 championship game. He just constantly was paving way for those running backs and for uh, the quarterback Peyton Ramsey to throw the ball. And I would love to see him on, on a Giants team that really needs help along that offensive line, really needs that cornerstone to be the protector for Daniel Jones for years and years to come. And I think uh, Rashawn Slater can be that guy. But where I think they're going to go is at wide receiver. I think Jalen Waddle is going to be the pick. I've heard a lot of buzz about Waddle to the giant. a lot there. of a lot of buzz about him in this vicinity of, of this pick range, like nine to maybe 13-ish. And he does fill a need on the team where we are in need of a playmaking wide receiver. The injury is a bit of a concern, but I think, you know, Dave Gettleman is always about taking the best player available, whether that's um, Saquon Barkley, whether that's Daniel Jones, whether that's uh, Andrew Thomas last year. He's always about taking the best guy available at that pick, and I think Jalen Waddle is going to be where he goes.
0: I don't think either of the guys you just, any of the three guys you just named, Pitts, Waddle, or Slater, are going to be there at eleven. I I think those are top ten guys. The only way Kyle Pitts falls to you is if he does a Laramie tonsil and there's a picture of him when we wake up tomorrow with a gas mask on. Yep. Getting getting high as hell. Even then, he might not even fall. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's legal now. It's legal in a lot of states, including New York. Um, so you know who knows the opinion eh, it's a bunch of white NFL owners. They're going to say that he's a hoodlum and he's going to fall to 15 if that happens. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think they're still going to go defense. Um, and the, I mean, uh, what's his name? The linebacker out of Penn state Parsons Parsons. It, yeah, I, I think, think he's going to go top 10. I think he could, he could potentially fall to you guys. Um, the I, I'm forget I didn't watch a lot of Michigan football, and I'm pissed off at myself because there's a dude on Michigan who's an absolute monster for, uh, as an edge rusher, and I'm forgetting his name too. Oh, uh, uh, Woody Pay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he I think he could fall to you guys at 11. Or I mean, what I think you should do is just trade down. I know there's a lot of holes that this team needs. I know you would love to have another weapon for, for Daniel Jones. I know you personally want to do the safe pick just like I do, and even though we can't do that anymore for the Jets because we traded away Darnold, but always take the lineman. Is If there's a once in a generational lineman, take him. And that's Penny Al yeah. Sewell. So, I mean, he's just going to be gift-wrapped for uh, Cincinnati. If they don't take him, everybody in the organization should be fired immediately. And Joe Burrow himself should finish the draft. Uh, I wouldn't be mad if that happened. <laughs> sounds like fun. Uh, I just, I don't know, man. I, you win football games in the trenches. I, I hate to sound like the old man on the porch. But that's who I am, and that's how games are won. And actually, very interestingly, there is a piece on The Ringer, I forget who wrote it, about quarterbacks. Hmm. We started the pod with quarterbacks, but about drafting quarterbacks. And the sudden, this guy didn't pan out three years later, let's go for another one. And just see – how many times we get in the lottery at, sometime we're going to hit. So the Cardinals did it with, with Rosen to Murray, the jets are doing it with Darnold to now presumably Zach Wilson. I'm not saying the the giants should go there at 11, but would you be surprised if let's say Mac Jones falls out of the top 10 If the Giants go Mac Jones and trade away Daniel Jones. I guess it's possible. I feel like
2: that's less likely than the Darnold trade was. I always thought the Darnold trade was something that could kind of happen because he's been here a longer time than Daniel Jones. And the other thing with uh, DJ is that there isn't a new coaching administration this year. It's
0: still Joe Judge. So I don't know. I just reading that piece and seeing that it's you know, you want to be a card counter and you wanna to try to, you know, get as many cracks at this because the most influential and dynamic way you win a the way you win a Super Bowl is if you have an elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. So the Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. I don't know if he is elite. I don't know if he can get to that next level and be in the same conversation as Rogers, Brady Mahomes time will tell but I mean it's an option
2: over the last 10 years there's only been um two quarter or no I'm sorry out of the last uh 10 years of Super Bowl winners there's only two active quarterbacks that have won a Super Bowl that were picked in the first round and that's uh, Joe Flacco and Patrick Mahomes
0: look at Joe Flacco getting in there <laughs> He's still hanging on. Don't making
2: a career out of it. I,
0: I, I think just by the mere mention of Joe Flacco means this podcast is over. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that's a good place to end. Nick, uh, since we didn't get a chance to do an Oscar preview, um, yes, now is your time to post Oscar uh, snub or uh, a boast for somebody who won an award movie review where the people can find you all that red carpet's all yours all right well you can
2: find me um you can find me on all social medias twitter instagram all that good stuff at nick parodies you can find me on uh, the children's programming podcast with my illustrious co-host matt dixon uh, we just released episode 43 with our uh, independent filmmaker Griffin Hammond. You may know him as the director of the Sriracha documentary uh, or as the former indie mogul guy. And he was telling us a lot of stories about that. He was talking about his uh, work for Bloomberg as a political journalist. And he was actually there live and in person covering the Trump win in the 2016 election. Which It wow. was, was very interesting to hear his stories about that. Um, so shameless plug there. Um, our next episode that's coming out soon is about the Oscars and the absolute debacle that this year's uh, show was. You may have seen they they moved the Best Actor award to last to honor Chadwick Bozeman, and then he didn't win. Win? Yeah, right. Hopkins wasn't there, so Joaquin Phoenix, who looked like he just got dragged out of bed, kind of just shuffled off the stage, and it ended awkwardly um but uh so shout out my big oscar shout outs are i haven't actually seen many of the movies i saw mank and i saw uh, chicago seven and and i just saw those recently so uh borat going into the ceremony was the only one i had seen
0: um really quickly on the uh, uh, on this topic one it wouldn't be the oscars if it didn't have an awkward end to it within yes. recent memory Two, it's a travesty um, that Chadwick Boseman didn't win. He was awesome in the Five Bloods. I saw that. I saw the Trial of, of uh, the Chicago Seven. To me, it was the best movie of the year. Nomadland was good. It, that was an actual good movie. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. The, Go ahead. That was
2: the winner of Best Picture. So yeah. Shout
0: out. I, I mean, it was a good movie. I just thought. Uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven w- w- was that much better. Um, mm-hmm. Judas and the Black Messiah, also a really, really good movie. And uh, I didn't see Mink. That's on my list to watch. So that's my Oscars. Um, that's my Oscars recap. Um, my two big shout outs
2: from the ceremony are uh, number one, Daniel Kaluuya amazing bright young talent who won the award for best supporting actor for judas again haven't seen the movie yet but really wanted to nothing but good things about him i love the guy from get out and widows and all the stuff he's done so great to see uh, a young talent on the rise in the industry and then my other big shout out is Frances mcdormand one of my all-time favorite actresses now a three-time Best Actress winner, her and Meryl Streep, I believe, are the only people that do that. And um, the other cool thing about her is that she went three for three in that category. Every time she's been nominated for Best Actress, she's won.
0: What was her won- third? It was three billboards, this, and what else? This past one. Well, what was the third one? Uh, Nomadland. So it was Nomadland, three billboards, and what? Fargo. Oh right. Yeah. Forgot she was in that. I saw that movie in theaters and I forgot that, that she was in that. <laughs> um, movie review and then we'll get out of here.
2: Um, let's see what was the last uh, last interesting movie I watched. I've been kind of uh, slacking on the movie reviews I must admit <laughs> but um... well you saw Mank, so I haven't seen Mank. I did. I watched Mank last night, and uh, it was pretty cool. It tells the story of um, tells the story of the the making of Citizen Kane through the eyes of the, the alleged ghost writer Herman Mankiewicz, played by Gary Oldman.
0: Nice. Um,
2: and it's obviously a adventure movie, so you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of interesting. I loved like the kind of interesting filmmaking techniques he used to kind of uh, harken back to that era of citizen Kane. And like, it's all black and white. It's all uh, the aspect ratio is a little unique and uh, all of that cool stuff. And then uh, Bill Nye has a cameo in it, which I saw. Oh, I'm in.
0: Cool. I'm in. Yeah. Bill Nye plays uh, Upton Sinclair. I- I'm totally in inject that. I know I watch- I- it's, 1:20 a.m. So I'm not do I'm not watching it right now because I have work in the morning. But when I get a chance this over this weekend, I am watching Mank for sure. Um, Nick, this was a pleasure. As we said off air, this is an all hours operation. We've done this podcast at 6 a.m. We've done this podcast at 2:30 a.m. following a national championship game, kind of drunk off our ass. there you go and uh we're doing it now let's
2: right now watch it yeah
0: all right brother i will talk to you soon thank you so much for coming on and uh chatting up some draft stuff with me adios my friend take care on this side of the coin, not the fake J Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com. My Nets piece is coming. The finishing touches are being put on as we speak. I've got a Yankee piece also in the mix, so that should be out probably end of next week. Maybe next weekend, I'll, I'll update you on the pods as we go, and of course, this podcast. If you've reached this point, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with anybody who you seem seen fit. Download the show. If you're on iTunes, please give us a review. Huge shout out to Sea for sponsoring today's episode and the children's programming for stopping by and, and getting another spot uh, on the show. But um, another pod coming late Friday night, early Saturday morning, uh, and I'm just gonna leave the tease where it is. It's a greeny tease. I'm not going. I'm not greeny teasing it. I'm not going that far. Uh, so one more show this week. Uh, until then, it's closing time. You don't have to go home but you can't stay here peace